This podcast was created by the Arts and Junior Cycle team with fighting words for the Junior Cycle Talks channel. Uh, so good morning, Caroline. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm great. So uh, what we're trying to do in the podcast is we are just trying to give people an understanding of the POW project, the Portfolio Work Project uh, that we did with Fighting Words this year and sort of you're a central character in this because obviously we had four volunteers who were helping us out during the project and that's a role within Fighting Words but I think some people may not actually know you know what is a volunteer, what does a volunteer do so would you be able to maybe kind of introduce yourself and explain what that role is? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll try. The volunteers really help facilitate the different workshops that are going on in Fighting Words. And there's so many varied workshops. Like in the morning, there's work with um, primary school kids and then in the afternoons with secondary school kids. And usually there's a facilitator who in different ways helps create a story and then um, the students move down to desks within the centre which is the centre is just beautiful and bright and airy and colourful and the volunteers go down to the desk with the students and then try and help them tease out their own personal stories. So there are a lot of the main projects are with primary school and secondary school kids but now there are so many other projects with there may be adults with um, intellectual disabilities or there's uh, maybe a guard the liaison project. A group of young people might come in for that. And then, of course, the one I worked on with you, Emma, was um, secondary school teachers getting an opportunity to explore their own creativity. And as a volunteer, it was largely the same as it always is in hopefully helping um, the teachers as they wrote their stories to unlock what was in their heads or, you know, just help them put it on paper, really. But that was our role. Yeah, excellent. And you've been involved with Fighting Words from the start um, of Fighting Words. It's probably, would that be a decade? Would it be that? Yes, yeah, Fighting Words came, was set up in January 2009 and it was, it came at a brilliant time for me because I had completed a BA in English and History in St. Pat's and Drumcondra in, as a mature student and I graduated in 2007 and then I was working part-time in the bookshop in the college um, for about a year but I just felt I needed a change I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and mm-hmm. um, I'd worked in banking before and I certainly knew I didn't want to go back to that so then a friend of mine Gemma saw Roddy Doyle on TV3 talking about this new writer centre that he was setting up with Sean Love called Writing Words and Gemma contacted me about it they were looking for volunteers. So I thought, oh, I'll give this a go. And um, however many years later, I'm still here. 11 years later, is it? And still loving it. Oh, that's great. And like in terms of over that time frame, 
with the role it is and I mean I think something that was really for me as a participant and we worked together during the project you kind of as a participant then you were you were giving me feedback on my work I think what was really interesting about it is the relationship between participants and volunteers and how gentle it is and how much vulnerability is involved and kind of how do you sort of as a volunteer then in that role you know what are the skills or how are you how do you do that (laughs) for want of a better question (laughs) oh no I know what you're asking me um well you learn quite early on not to dive in Emma Mm -hmm. you know the people own their own stories and there's no right way to write there's no wrong way to write and you you're really just there as a facilitator and another pair of eyes a bit of encouragement and I know going going in on the first day to the workshop with the um JCT the JCT workshop I was a bit anxious that I was going going in to volunteer with um, teachers, mm. fully qualified professionals. And who was I to suggest anything about anyone else's writing? Well, I feel that anyway. And, th- you know, whatever you say is just a suggestion. But I was, to be honest, I was kind of anxious. Mm-hmm. Um but I love uh, I love getting involved in slightly different projects, maybe because I have been there a while. It's always like um, an opportunity to do something different. Um, so when Orla contacted me, um, I, as you know, Orla, the education officer, when she contacted me, I jumped at the opportunity. But when I got in the door, I was a little bit anxious. Yeah. But um and the lovely thing was, um, as you said before, there were four volunteers on the project and I had worked with all of them before. So when Orla asked us, you know, we had the introduction and whatever, and she asked us, the volunteers, to go down to the tables to help. Mm-hmm. We were all a little reticent, a little bit anxious, but thanks to Orla for giving us uh, the needed, much needed nudge. We, once we sat down, um, it all started to flow. Mm-hmm. And I know personally what I did when I first sat down was I sat at the table with um, two teachers that I already knew, that I already had had interaction with. Okay. So that's the lovely circularity of it all. They had been in before in a different context, um, looking after their classes and making sure everyone was okay. And now they were the participants. Yeah, I think that was something that kind of came through was there was the relationship. So it's interesting, like how many relationships there are. So there's the relationship between the group of volunteers and sort of that shared anxiety going into it and kind of going, okay. We have done a variety of projects, but this is maybe a relatively um, unique one in terms of going into a room of, of teachers and kind of the what comes along with that. Um, I suspect when we talk to the teachers, they'll be saying that there was an anxiety about that assumption that if you're a teacher and in particular, if you're an English teacher, that you should be automatically good at this. 
you know, that you shouldn't need any help. So I wonder what the tensions were for both or the concerns were for both. But then the relationships that evolved between the volunteers and the participants and amongst the participants, you know what I mean? I think relationships became a real glue across the project. Absolutely. Absolutely, Emma. And that's interesting what you say about the teachers' anxieties. You know, I think that really hadn't fully absorbed that until, I don't know if it was our second or third session when Roddy Doyle came in to Mm. speak. And I mean, that was fantastic. Like, I've had the privilege as a volunteer of, of having Roddy um, you know, speak to us as a group, speak to the students, and as volunteers, we're sitting there, you know, getting the benefit of Roddy's wisdom as well. But um, that night, um, you c- could have heard a pin drop. I know that's a cliche that you'd never write in a story, but um, I felt that the teachers opened up to him, and that's when, sort of from the floor, they they spoke about their anxieties and. Like what you were saying, that because the bulk of the teachers taught English, mm-hmm. as it happens, um, they were worried about not being good enough. But also what struck me, and actually Roddy commented on it later, was, you know, say a science teacher said, oh, my God, should I be here? Mm. And everyone, <laughs> you know, should have been there. So, um. Yeah, it was interesting to hear the anxieties of, if you like, the other people in the room. Because we as volunteers have been kind of going, oh, Lord, can we help here? What's the story? You know, um, but everyone was a small bit anxious, but it didn't last. Yeah, yeah. I think think definitely as well with the volunteers, it was having the knowledge that someone was going to read your work was really valuable. You know, like knowing that there was an audience, a guaranteed audience for your work was something that was really valuable to have, um, you know, on the programme as well, on the project. How did you find reading the pieces and then kind of going back to speak with people with suggestions or ask them more questions about their pieces? How did you find that? Well, um, I loved it. The three pieces that I read for Orla were, so having sat with Mary Larry um, that day when I was feeling awkward and her telling me about her piece, uh, which was kind of a stream of consciousness, um, as Sheila Flanagan described it in her foreword as the difficulty for long goodbye. So it was a tribute to Mary's late mom and also an exploring of her own thoughts around that mm. and I actually asked Orla could I edit Mary's story because I was invested in it from the beginning mm. so that was fantastic and then Emma I loved your story so I um was delighted to be able to read it and um the whole dynamic between a brother and sister and a mom and I really enjoy like I really enjoyed reading all the stories I was given I also read two stories from Elizabeth which were amazing and Elizabeth hadn't written 
since she was a teenager, I think. Yeah, she said married with two young daughters, and it was the first time she sat down and thought about writing a short story, really. And she wrote two great stories. Either would have been, you know, either of them could have gone in the book. So I loved reading them. Uh, this it, it was great that from one perspective that I was reading teacher stories um they were well written so that was easy (laughs) um you weren't kind of you didn't have to put loads of energy into creating or into correcting grammar and syntax um I did find it slightly daunting going back to each of the three of you with some suggestions I felt slightly awkward doing that, to be honest. So kind of how did you navigate that then? Well, I just remembered not to dive in um, and that ultimately the stories were your stories and like they were all great. So that and they were all very different, Mm. but I enjoyed all of them. So it was really the kind of thing that happens everyone where there may be a repetition of a word mm-hmm. that small stuff, like a repetition of a word that no matter how many times you look at it yourself, you're not going to notice. Mm-hmm. Or something that's clear in your head as a writer, but then when a reader reads it, brings their perspective, there is a little, oh, what was what exactly was that? Yeah. What what I loved was um, that whole thing of you can make suggestions and, you know, hopefully gentle, light suggestions. But and there's some stuff that the writer will go, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Or, OK, yeah, that's a good idea. And sometimes you're saying, what about leaving out that section? It may be distracting from your story but everybody wants to hold on to some parts and I think that's brilliant and that always happens and it's like okay Carolina I'll listen to you about x but don't dare touch y (laughs) or I'm not changing that and like that happens with the students I remember one student in particular she was a great girl and she was Oh, her story, there was no way she was changing parts of it. And I love that about her story because it's so much hers. Well, it's uh, people, the writers always, it always happens. And they hold on to um, stuff within it that's vital to them. um, But are prepared to listen to some suggestions and feedback. I think we all reach a point. When you're writing, there's the famous line about don't write with an editor on your shoulder, just write. Mm-hmm. But eventually you have to hand your baby over for a fresh pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I did it gently. But the stories were all brilliant, so it wasn't that difficult, really. Yeah, yeah. No, because I know, so say the feedback on my piece, there was one section of it how you give feedback, how you receive feedback, what that process is, because that's a big part of junior cycle English now is looking at formative assessment and how you move work forward. But I think it's really important to what you're saying about 
that it's a, that it's a, a conversation, that it's a two way process. And that just because you make a suggestion, it doesn't mean that somebody actually has to take it on. And I think that's yeah, I think that's valuable in a classroom as well to say that once you've highlighted it, the student can make an informed choice and an informed decision about whether or not they take it on board. And I, I so I think it's relevant, which is why I'm digging around in it a bit. But I, I think on my own piece, there was that third section which had materialized under pressure <laughs> and um it was different to the first two sections and in you and as you did very gently just say I'm just not sure about this it doesn't it doesn't feel like it flows from the first two and and I could make all the justifications in the world for it but it was it was true you know and and kind of having it gently just said oh god I was really invested here and here but it lost me a bit here like I as as an audience as a reader I got I got a bit lost here. I wasn't as invested in this. And then just going and kind of working with that. And it was great. And I remember saying to you, okay, going, can you be specific? What is the specific thing? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> because because that's just how I operate. I'm so like, you know, give me the, the the thing and I can but it was and you were so good at being able to say, no, it's not about a specific this thing it's about an overall just as a as a reader which is what I would never was with that piece if you know what I mean like I can't ever just be a reader of it because I have written it you know so but as a reader you have in that perspective of being able to say what this I just at this section it's just not working for me it's just it's it's not bad or it's not anything like that it just isn't uh, as effective and I, and it was I've great I've forgotten about that Emma because I reread your story this morning and I just love it and I was on that roundabout I was in that <laughs> car um I'd forgotten you'd an additional section in um yeah. but it absolutely flowed that's that's something I've uh, maybe discovered over my years volunteering sometimes um a writer you know, even a young student, a, a, an older student, it doesn't matter about age. They try to put too much in. Right. And actually, there's two potential stories in the one. Mm-hmm. And it's about splitting it out. And here, here's the start of your next story. Don't waste it in here. Yeah, I think definitely. And I think it was just I think it's strengthened it so much. Um for me as well, because it highlighted when I went back through and I started looking at how to move things around and whether to just reduce the story or whether it just needed a different conclusion. It kind of gave the the opportunity to go back and look at it and follow a different, you know, the way you follow a thread and you think you have the thread <laughs> and then you go back and you spot, actually, there's another thread here that I hadn't even noticed. It was occurring underneath what I thought was the story, you know, and you find that and you go, oh, God, that's the actual story here. I was telling the wrong story all along I was focused on the wrong person I was focused on the wrong part so it was really valuable but so gently done and that's why I was rooting around in it is because where we're required to give feedback as teachers um there's there's a a way in which we do it and it's based on relationships and it's um we so in the within the project it was that relationship that was evolving over the course of the project um, and that understanding of roles, you know, that understanding that the purpose here is that you have an audience and, and you're writing for an audience and your audience is going to give you feedback. 
and then how it's how it's mediated. And I think it's really interesting where you've just been that your start point is this is this person's story and I'll and I'm making suggestions for them to accept or reject. And I'm happy for them to accept or reject because it is their story. And I think that's I think that's really valuable for us as teachers to kind of take away from it as well about what it felt like to get feedback and and to hear from you what it was like to give feedback as well, you know? Yes, there was a bit of a, you know, gulp before I started speaking (laughs) to all of you. But anyway, then, as you say, relationships are key. And that's this is a big, you know, it's very important within fighting words. It's not very important. It evolves naturally within fighting words. You, you like by the time I was giving feedback, I had seen all of you a good few times and so it just it just makes it like aspects of it easier because you know you've a bit of a handle on someone's personality and they know you're not coming in to criticize it's interesting I know one of the um overarching um sort of aims for this project was to bring creative writing into the classroom more especially within the junior cycle as a starting point. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting when you translate the feedback from volunteers to the teachers and then you think of it as a teacher to your students. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to think about that. Hopefully, you know, as you said just there, it kind of reminds you you're not, it's not when a student hands you work, it's about suggestions to improve it rather than criticising it. The moving online, what impact did that have on you? So we were due to have a workshop on the 12th of March. So for you as a volunteer, what impact did that have, if any? Yes. Yeah, so the overarching feeling was disappointment. Disappointment at the sort of the group sessions that come towards the end of the project. Um, seeing everyone and, and holding the physical book in a room where everybody cares so deeply about it. But then I thought, well, we have the stories. Um, the book is being, it's, it's probably printed at this stage. Um, and we'll have some sort of celebration. I don't know when or how, but, you know, what has been achieved with the project has still been achieved you know, or the goals of the project, the aims have still been achieved, even if it's gone online. I think just the final thing then is, was there anything that surprised you or what's your overall takeaway from this project for you? Um, I suppose for you personally, for you as a volunteer, um, or just an overall sense, whatever whatever way you want to go with that one. Okay, so for me as a volunteer, I'll do, th- I'll do that bit first. Um, yeah. Well, it was a really enjoyable project. It reminds me that the projects I enjoy working on most are the ones where you build relationships, where you see it's not just a once-off. You're seeing the participants over a period of time. And then for me personally, I it made me think about my own writing and putting my bum in the seat <laughs> and forcing myself that it sometimes it begins by forcing yourself to do it and then 
it takes on its own life and you go into a zone and it's one of the best feelings ever. And as you mentioned about your own story, it evolved over time about what it was actually about. But if you hadn't written your initial words or typed your initial words, you wouldn't have reached that point. So it made me think about stopping procrastinating and write more. And I could, you know, the pleasure that all of the teachers got from their own completed piece of work. I remembered that if I actually completed a piece of work, I'd get a great buzz from it. Sometimes you have to make time for your creative work. Mm-hmm. So I found myself thinking about, so we finished up in March and where are we now, June? The, like the people haven't left me and the stories haven't left me. I could be out for a walk thinking about something you said or something someone else said or something about a story and I've just got so much from it I have to say it's been one of my favorite projects to work on volunteer on it's not work (laughs) that's lovely Caroline thanks a million I think that's like it's evidenced in like how easily you can think of names and stories and link them and people it's I think it's evident how much uh, care and passion uh, that you have for what you're doing and how beneficial that care and passion is to anybody who was involved in the project and I'm, I'm just going to thank you specifically for myself um, kind of for for working with me but also just I suppose if I kind of go into the looking after the whole project for just your care and um, the quality of your, your input and your support um, for all the participants and for being a friendly face every week and uh, for being so positive and engaging with the project so well. It definitely was kind of, you know, you helped bring light into the room. So I just want to really thank you for that as well. That was, um, it was really great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Emma. That's a lovely thing to say. Thank you. You can listen to audio extracts of the stories from Visions and Revisions in the Arts and Junior Cycle section of jct.ie and on fightingwords.ie. You can pick up a copy of Visions and Revisions in your local education centre. The Power Project was a partnership between Fighting Words and Arts and Junior Cycle under the Creative Ireland Programme 2017-2022.